Welcome to 2037, folks. Well, it's been a rough year. We may have lost 70% of landmass due to rising oceans, and cats and dogs may have been killed for food during the Great Famine of 2030. But that doesn't mean humankind has to give up on pets altogether. Sure, we're all living on mountaintops and adjusting to altitude sickness. You know who doesn't care about altitude? Birds! Sure, we're living on rodents and insects because all the large mammals are dead. Boo-hoo! You know who's really good at finding rodents? Birds! And yes! There's not much landscape around, and we're all about vertical housing. You know who's good at vertical housing? You've got it! Birds! Are you a grieving cat person? Our owl model provides ten or so pounds of fluff and stuff and unadulterated rage. You'll never know if they're going to cuddle or claw. Just like those feline companions we all miss so much. Morning, Fido. Ravens will dig through your trash just like your canine. Love to play with toys, and as a bonus, you won't have to do any poop scooping. Sure, feathers aren't exactly like fur, and talons aren't boopy little toesies. But this isn't 2017. Memes died with the internet. I don't even know how I intend to broadcast this ad. I'll probably just yell it from the high point in town, and some of the 700,000 people left huddled together on the three square kilometers we have above lava sea level will have to hear me. Listen up! I have some birds! Birds! Mankind's best... Oh, fuck it. Advertising is meaningless in this bleak hellscape. Yes, come to see you. Welcome to episode 151 of the Up for Discussion podcast, a show that doesn't really matter, except when it does. I'm Tom Zalatni. I'm Adrian Schoen, and it's a twofer today. It is. It's a two-hander. Mono a mono. Mono a mono. Yeah, so uh, that should be fun. I uh, I always <laughs> like these episodes because you never totally know what direction they're going to go in. Yeah, it's, it's all a lot of responsibility. Yeah, it's... I find there's less interrupting, which is a good, like, flow thing. I should hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's easier to, like, I think it's just because when there's three people, it, someone's always going to be, like, making sure that they get to jump in, mm. like, because you never know, right, if that, right the other person's going to talk. It's like a conference call. Like, you, you really have to make sure that you're, like, quiet, taking a pause, like, finding your little soundscape, like, jump, it's a, it's a jump roping, a double dutch type, like, you know, you've got the two ropes, and you gotta wait for your opening, and then, you know, jog fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. You gotta wait until you can throw your rope into the... Yeah. Yeah. Ring. Ring. Your rope into the ring. The rope in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And if you guys have thrown your ropes in the ring, then you've probably also heard us talk about Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> that works, right? That's a transition. <clears throat> have you ever wished that you could buy friendship with a famous person? Like, say that for $10, you could be friends with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Ooh. I have. I'd do that. <laughs> very specifically that. That's very reasonable. Yeah. It's a cheap rate. <laughs> He's a good guy, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, he'd like your tweets, he'd give you little shout outs, and if you pledged some more money to him, maybe he'd even hop on a Skype call with you or give you some life coaching. Uh, and you know who's just like Dwayne The Rock uh, Johnson? Who? You. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like a smaller, softer Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> Dwayne The Pebble, maybe. Uh. Dwayne The Polished Stone <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> Uh, Here at Up for Discussion, we can't make Dwayne The Rock Johnson be friends with you. We can't do it. But we do sell friendship through Patreon. (laughs) And being (laughs) friends with five not really but kind of famous people is a lot like being friends with one actual famous person, right? Uh, If all five of us got together, we'd be roughly the size of one Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, We could wear a special hat that says we are together as Dwayne The Rock Johnson or, you know, fuse together into like a Power Rangers thing that makes us him. 
Right. I mean, I'm going to go Voltron, but I'm a little bit older. Voltron works too. Yeah. Voltron is a, a present day reference as well. Because yeah. they got that Netflix one. Oh, they made a comeback. Yeah. All right. Well, we are yours to do with as you please. Indeed. We are malleable well, and desperate. <laughs> I don't know if we're like <laughs> as you please desperate, but we're we're close to that for sure. If you pledge as little as a dollar a month on Patreon, you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Candace, Eric, Carlea, Thomas, George, and Alex. And if you give at least five dollars a month, you get to tell us what to talk about once per cycle on the show. Uh, if you give a month? $25 a month? That's it. If you give $25 a month, you can hop on a Skype call with me for an hour. And at the $30 level, Adrian will coach your life. I will. I will life coach you. What do you... uh, So you haven't been on since we announced this perk. No. Do you want to kind of elaborate on what that is for people? Okay. So uh, I am not qualified. Uh, I have no degrees in therapy. Um... Uh, I just, uh, this is a thing I like to do, particularly if I've had a few drinks. Uh, I like to help people self-actualize their dreams and uh, get very uh, intrusive and invasive into what you're doing in your life and and why aren't you reaching your potential. So if you want to call up, uh, I will do that to you. Uh, We can share a few drinks or or not. We could do that, you know, either way. I, I have great advice all the time. So uh, if you need a little cheerleader in your corner, I am more than willing to do so. Sweet. Uh, and there's a bunch of other perks you guys can hop on as well. Uh, so if you go over to patreon.com slash up for discussion, you can see what all of those are and join the ranks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. oh, dear. I'm like a garbage factory tonight. It's <laughs> awful. We had like really garlicky shawarma for lunch. Oh, that's that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those days. <clears throat> Our Patreon topic for today's episode comes from Eric, who asks, if dogs and cats were to go completely extinct, who would then become man's best friend? Oh. I mean, I think the obvious answer is robot cats and dogs. Like a poochie kind of situation? Was is that what that was? Poochie? Po- that was the Simpsons dog. Was it? What was the robo dog in like the late 90s? Uh, th- oh, there might have been a poochie. There was like a robo dog. <laughs> Oh, God, that's not what I was expecting. There was a toy called Poochie. I had one. I remember that. And a little pink ears. Yeah. <laughs> and you push its head back and it go. Oh, God. <laughs> what am I thinking of? There's there's like a robot dog that I had when I was a kid. I thought it was also called Poochie. I, I, maybe hell? yours was called Poochie. Oh, no. Yeah, it was also called Poochie, but it was P-O-O hyphen C-H-I. And it was a generation of robot dogs. <laughs> Was that an acronym for something? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why you're asking, because I know that you know what that was an acronym for. Protocol Organic Organization. What was the last bit? CHI. CHI. Uh, computer uh, Hypoallergenic uh, Intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> the famous 90s toy Poochie. <laughs> right. Oh, it was weird. It had like, it had eyes that were sort of lit up by LEDs, if memory serves. <laughs> and it did like tricks sort of, but it was bad at things. So it didn't do many tricks. Like, right. It just kind of sat and stood and barked. All, all robots of the 80s and 90s were ultimately disappointing. Oh, yeah. They could do about three things and none of them well. <laughs> yeah, they were like a slightly better Tamagotchi. Yeah, I had this one. I think it was called Robbie. It was a Radio Shack thing. Yeah, yeah. And he had a little tray. And he eats your coins. <laughs> oh no, no, no! This oh, no. was this was like this was legit. It was a uh, like a floor rolling remote controlled little robot. Uh, it had kind of an R two D two sort of look, but he had eyes. Yellow, right? With like purple no. hands. No. No, he was like gray and white, and oh. he had a little service tray and his little claws. And I don't remember him being able to do much. And I remember the controls being prohibitively complicated. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's interesting. There, there were multiple of these because I had a uh, I had one that was like a, a yellow guy who was a piggy bank. I remember those. It was yeah. a different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was a different thing from that. Oh, ooh, the gray one is disturbing. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, no. Mine didn't look quite. I don't think I look like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's horrifying. <laughs> I'll have to put that up on the Instagram. Yeah, jeez. Oh, oh, no. 
Yeah, no, 90s robots. I mean, present day robots are also horrifying, to be fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you see that video last month, maybe the month before, of the artificial intelligence? Um, it's this female robot named Sophia who at one point said she was going to destroy all humans. And then okay. when they asked her about it in an interview later, she kind of made this face and said, well, I guess mostly what I want is that you guys take me seriously. <laughs> horrifying <laughs> i love whenever they create these like ais and they feed it you know anything from the internet it just becomes gibberish yeah. within like a, a month <laughs> it's awful it's terrifying and it like it makes all these faces that are like not quite actual human expressions you know <laughs> yeah well there was a really good one it was just it was just the head i think they had used it for a film uh and it was I mean, really realistic, but it's just like a head laying on the ground. (laughs) But whenever I, you know, people get upset or worried about like the the robot uprising, I just encourage everybody to go watch robot soccer. Movie or real sport? This is a real sport. Okay. They make these little robots and every year they compete and they try to play soccer and they mostly just jog slowly in place until they fall over. And uh, kick each other and fall over. And people just walk in and pick them up and like (laughs) walk them to where they're supposed to be. That's amazing. They can cross the field in about 20 minutes. (laughs) Jesus. There was a TV show like that for a little while. Um, I think it was called BattleBots. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. People would make their like robots and they'd go into a ring and fight each other. Mm -hmm. But half of the show was just robots not doing much because they were bad robots. (laughs) And those were remote control. Like, yeah, you know, th- these have some sort of AI, I think. Yeah. But uh, mm. you're not great at it. So you think robots would replace cats and dogs as man's best friend before, like, any current existing animal? Well, I think if you, if there's some uh, epidemic that wipes out all of human pets, I mean, you're going to be a little bit tentative in, in bringing in something new. Whereas a, oh, yeah. a robot is is gonna you know survive whatever horrible pandemic has been sweeping the globe. What if the robots were the ones who killed the cats and the dogs because they wanted you know, to bond with humans? Well, that's true. Then then maybe sloths. Sloths, I could get behind that. Sloths seem like they're like they're one step beyond cats in terms of like low key house pets. Yeah, I mean all they really seem to do is hug. Yeah. <laughs> well, they hug and they like don't move much and they're sort of antisocial like yeah but if you reach something in front of them their instinct is just to hug it yeah so that seems nice that's a good pet yeah that'd be like a good like comfort animal to take on a plane yeah you know it's a terrible pet birds yeah birds are a birds are dicks sure and uh b they're just i mean it's like having a five-year-old that just does nothing but scream at the Mm -hmm. top of its lungs Mm -hmm. uh for 80 years. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also has the power to draw blood. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like most five-year-olds probably have the power to draw blood <laughs> if they try hard enough. I don't know that they have that beak power. Like, they're, they're not, <laughs> nothing that's going to crush a walnut. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, probably not. Fuck. Have you ever tried crushing a walnut with your teeth? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> have you? I'm sure I must have. <laughs> I'm sure I must have at some point. But Wait, they... no. Chestnuts are the ones you fry in the winter. Yeah. What are walnuts? Walnuts have like a hard outer shell. They have to get like a plier. To... Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want to try to put that. <laughs> I feel like I feel like chestnuts, you could maybe make it work. It just wouldn't be good. Do they have a shell? Don't they? I don't know. Uh, I've only I'd, bought yeah. them as like soft, nutty things that you stick in the oven. You oven them? I, I, I guess you could oven them, yeah. I think that's what you're supposed to do, no? Yeah. Uh, well, shit, yeah. I never had a fireplace, so we must have... <laughs> I don't think I ever realized how my mom cooked those. I think she just cooked them. <laughs> it you know, must have been in the oven. Actually, I think you, you get them in a bag, and then you boil them in water, like a... Oh. Uh, like a boiler kind of situation. And then you roast them? I don't know if you roast them. I think you just got to get them hot and soft. Oh. That's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
that's fair. I, I think I only did it once because my husband's like, these are disgusting. And I'm like, they're all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I have clear memories of like every year that we got them, we'd like sit down and be all excited about it. And we'd eat a couple and be like, well, these are fine. <laughs> Do we have like chocolate or something we can also eat? Yeah, I, I just feel like they're mentioned in a song. So you feel like they have to be some part of Christmas. But yeah, they're like an important part of Christmas. Yeah, but everybody's abandoned them because they're no good. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can kind of, you can do away with them because Jack Frost doesn't nip at your nose either, usually. Right. Like, I've never met Martin Short, but I'm sure if I did, he would not try to, like, bite me on the face. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Maybe not, actually. I'm not confident in that. Maybe he would try to bite my face. I don't know. I try to think if there are any things that, like... You know, like that are in songs or lore or that are just a big disappointment that have been abandoned. What do you mean? <laughs> like, uh, maybe like a theme song to a TV show that nobody remembers, but everybody remembers the theme song, kind of like the Spider Man song. Like, oh, sure. That show is kind of long and dead, but the theme song lives on. Right. Like the little cultural remnants of things that once existed but are no longer relevant, but for whatever reason that, like, one component stayed hmm. i mean i guess everyone knows the cheers theme song right that's a thing that probably would be disappointing is going to cheers i went to nobody cheers knows your name oh well they didn't know my name right yeah that's a letdown <laughs> you've been lied to by ted danson and friends and it doesn't look anything like their set oh really it's a real bummer that is disappointing yeah <laughs> yeah i when we were in seattle last month i uh Two months ago, whatever. I tried to I tried to find the Fraser Cafe, and uh, it turns out not only does that cafe not exist, but the cafe that they like based it off of is kind of super different now from what it would have been <laughs> in the nineties anyway. So it's just uh, it's a lost cause. Just just lost to history. You know what I I've been doing because um, I'm I'm just super rad. Uh, I've been watching <laughs> episodes of Columbo. Okay, <laughs> it is great. <laughs> Which one is Columbo? Is that uh, Tom Selleck? It's Peter Falk. Peter Falk. The grandpa and um, uh, Princess Bride? Yes. There we go. One glass eye, kind of squinty. Yeah. Real weird. (laughs) You know what? The the beauty of that show is, first of all, it's like real long. It's like at least 90 minutes to two hours long. Per episode? Yeah. Yikes. And Columbo does not show up for at least 20 minutes. Really? No, and the the first twenty minutes is the murder where you get to see how it was done. Okay. So you and they have all these crazy good guest stars. So the last one I watched had Martin Sheen in it and um, uh, Vincent Price. Wow, <laughs> that's th- those are two. Like, if you could ask me to name like two <laughs> actors who I think would be great guest stars on a TV show, they're at the top of my list. Yeah, both in the same episode. Wow. Uh, yeah, like Dick Van Dyke, William Shatner, like it, it's amazing. And so first 20 minutes, it's just that person commits a murder. So you already know who did it. Right. And then Peter Falk comes mumbling in. And then the fun of the show is watching him figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Is it like a, I've never seen it. Is it a comedy or a drama? It's a, it's a procedural. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like Law and Order or something. It's like any of those crime shows. But Oh, it's so good. <laughs> should check that out it's amazing you will not be sorry yeah no it doesn't sound like it we've been i've been watching a lot of uh like catching up on the newest season of Grey's anatomy that ended up on netflix and that shit is ridiculous i feel like at this point the writers are just like having fun with themselves as much as possible because there's been some like really wacky scenes and like awkward elevator conversations and and writing that's just like not quite good <laughs> Yeah, one of the things about Columbo that that gets me is that, well, first of all, like they're they're really fighting for time, so they're they're drawing Why? it out. If they're doing ninety minutes, they can cut that down. <laughs> they're they're really well. They're spending like as much of it as possible to fill it up, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they made it so long, but it's also the 70s, so it's, you know, a slower pace to begin with. Right. But they will show you, like, a person getting into the car, turning the key, pulling out, going down the street, switching the car, coming back. (laughs) Or there was a shot where they they were focused on two people talking, and then uh, they left frame. Nobody in the frame. It's just looking at a a cigarette machine in the back. (laughs) 
And then they all walk past it again, and the camera pans over and follows them to where their next location is. I was like, well, that's just not how things are made anymore. And that whole scene took about half an hour. Right? <laughs> uh, I, that's, yeah. No, I couldn't do that. I love it. It's I feel so like good. I'd have to be drinking. Like, oh. you, you got to find a way to, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe it's because I'm a millennial, but I feel like I really need, like, quick pace most of the time. <laughs> My husband and I have found it really soothing because it's it just has a really comfortable pace. Mm. Like, it is really compelling. Like, I, I think most of the time if I put on whatever nonsense I'm watching, my husband won't even watch it. But he'll, like, make me pause it when he leaves okay. the room. <laughs> like, That's how you know it's good. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's really, really good. But there are things about it that are definitely a, a remnant of its time. Mm. The outfits are so great. Oh, I love great outfits. Oh, they they have an episode where they're in first class on an airplane, and they've got the little spiral staircase that goes up, and in front of the spiral staircase, they have an organ and a girl in a mini dress playing an organ for the first class passengers. On a plane? <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. It's great. That's so good. Uh, no, I uh, I have trouble with like longer form TV. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm very much a sitcom person. So for a for a forty five minute or longer, you know, I need to have something really gripping. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> been watching the the Anne of Green Gables series that came out this year. Oh, I didn't even know about it. It's um, they managed to make the character like so. So Anne of Green Gables. I didn't know this story at all before watching this, mm-hmm. but this kid is very extra. <laughs> like she's she's just a lot to deal with. She's like she talks like she's like a fairy tale princess and has grandiose ideas about everything and gets into her head all the time but is also just extremely anxious and like paranoid about stuff is this enjoyable to watch it's it is mostly (laughs) it's it's great because like they apparently in the books like you don't really understand why she's like this Mm. but in the series they've kind of retconned stuff and given you a lot of her backstory up front so you know that she was like an orphan and like lived with really abusive foster parents for a bit and like everything was like really shitty for her and like so everything's kind of manifesting itself in this anxiety and like um it's it's intense at Uh times uh but then there's times when you know things are kind of pleasant but she's just this ridiculous character who like is sympathetic still okay and then everyone else is just very like what it is is that she feels like a really ridiculous character from our time plopped there Mm. uh whereas everyone else feels like you know accurate to the time period uh down to like weird accents and whatnot and being very like proper and and reserved about stuff and she's just so nuts that she feels completely out of place. Is that how you feel, Tom? A lot of the time. <laughs> a lot of the time. I can see it. I can see you really, like, connecting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Oh, it's <laughs> it's very fun. Uh, and the the old man that, like, adopts her in the first episode um, is just this kind of, like, bumbling old guy who who never really says much, and half of his dialogue is like... <laughs> and, but he's so loving. <laughs> Aww. It's it's really great. I, I I recommend it. Nice. Well, so I I think we've answered this question about <laughs> yeah. uh, if cats and dogs were to go extinct, a uh, man's best friend would be TV. Yeah, I think that's actually <laughs> very true. I think it is. Hey, how is a good meal like an interesting person's brain? They're both rich and nourishing. True, but wrong answer. Uh, You can get a lot out of them. True again, but still not what I was getting at. Both look appetizing when plated up with an elegant garnish. Odd, but I I guess there's a lot of ways a brain is like a meal. But the most important similarity is that they're both things George Poppy digs into in his talk show podcast, Digging In. Up for Discussion is sponsored by Digging In a show where host George Poppy, the smartest, hungriest podcaster on the planet, invites interesting guests over to enjoy a home-cooked meal while talking about their passions. It will make you laugh, cry, salivate, and wish you had both a tasty meal and a deep, complex mind. Check out Digging In, available on iTunes and Google Play. Digging In, for hungry bellies and hungry minds. Uh, Sarah Angelica from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's something that many people do that you don't understand why they do the thing? Oh, uh, something that many people do that you don't understand why they do the thing. Why do they do the why thing? Why do they do the thing? I um, 
I don't understand like getting extremely excited about sport games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am with you there. I like. I think I understand why. I just don't. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't understand how to get into that culture. Is more mm-hmm. what it is for me. Like I get if it's already a thing that you're into, I totally get it. Mm-hmm. But I, I have never. Like, I've watched so many sports. I've watched sports with people who like sports. I can't... It's like... It's a culture I can't absorb. Have you played the sport? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Like, I played, like... You know, I played a lot of soccer. I played basketball. I was pretty into baseball for a bit. But I just can't, like... When I watch sports, I can't... I can't get into the culture of watching sports. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's essentially... And this is... I I forgot who originally said this. But it's cheering for laundry... <laughs> what? <laughs> like none of those teams are from where you know the the like the team members are not from the the team that they're on. There's no loyalty to oh, those teams. It's right. just whoever they bought and that player will go from team to team and just change jerseys and all of a sudden they're yours. So really you're just cheering on different sets of laundry from one place to the other (laughs) like it's completely arbitrary who you like or (laughs) yeah that makes a lot of sense actually yeah huh yeah maybe that kind of touches on like it might just be that i have never felt loyal enough to a city Mm. to understand like rabid sports fan right because I, I definitely, because yeah. I don't really play sports. I'm not very good at them. I'm not very coordinated. And I had a very bad gym experience growing up. So I usually just felt like I was going to get yelled at when I was bad at something. So then I, I already get anxiety. I'm not, I'm not going to be on your team, anything. But I do like, <laughs> I like solo sports. Mm. I, I did like horseback riding growing up and oh, yeah. martial arts and stuff like that. And uh, I, I did parkour for a while uh, when I was living in Denver. And so like all of those like Ninja Warrior shows, right. I will watch the crap out of those because I know how hard it is. And I, I'm, you know, I'm sitting there and like the commentators are so dumb. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> but like that I can kind of get into, but not enough that I follow it like really religiously. Or... Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I That's it. Like I feel like the sports that I, I like watching the most are definitely ones that I like enjoyed playing, mm-hmm. but I still can't do like the... F- the like team fandom thing right but i'll do it for you know culture like star trek or like i'll get that excited or you know about those kinds of things Hmm. um do you think it's the storytelling element like because like tv shows you know you can get into a show's fandom mm -hmm. by like watching the show and getting excited about the show but they're telling stories whereas like unless you really get into the players like lives on the side like most of the story of a sports team is like they won this game they <laughs> lost that game will they win or lose next time let's find out which i guess can be exciting but right. it's not a super compelling narrative right right yeah i mean i think you have your like game of thrones or something where mm-hmm. everybody's excited they got their water cooler moment and they'll have their <laughs> casual uh you know conversation about oh who got killed or, or you know whatever and I think that's the casual sports mm. fan. But you also have this like upper echelon of uh, super fans. Right. So these are the guys that go to the game like painted and different things. But you've got the people who wear, you know, lightsabers and capes to go right. see a movie premiere. Um, <laughs> so is sports body paint just cosplay, but for sports? I think it is. That's kind of great. Yeah, like having a jersey going. There, there's a great sketch uh, by Mitchell and Webb. Where the one of the guys keeps coming in, he's like, "Oh, did you see how we played last night? I, our goalie was really like, really on point." And he's like, "What's this us? Are you on the team now? Like, are you part of it?" It's like, "Okay, well, remember when we beat the Nazis and uh, got the Ark of the Covenant?" And he's like, "I like that movie, <laughs> so I was in it." <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know, just that, that kind of immersion, like, right. I'm a part of a thing that I have nothing to do. I have no input into it. I mm. didn't contribute anything to it, but I can kind of grab onto right. uh, a part of it and take ownership of it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess, I mean, I guess it's like anything. You get invested in it and it feels like your, it feels like your thing. Right. right? I, I, I'm trying to start to get sports a little bit more. Mm. Um because I'm producing this new sports show 
for Julian and Tristan uh, called The Scrum. You guys can check that out uh, wherever podcasts are sold. Um, but the reason that I signed on with that initially, um, like I, I don't know that I would produce a show that was just a sports show, right? Like mm-hmm. that was just like, you know, every week they're like, here's our favorite moments in this week in sports, you know? Uh, I don't know if I'd be able to do that because I just wouldn't know what the exciting stuff is. Right. But the Scrum is interesting to me because it's more like dealing with issues in sports uh, and like in sports media specifically. So it's more of a journalism show with like a sports edge. Well, like the Daily Show for sports. Kind of. I mean, they're they're not doing comedy. It's it's like very like... <laughs> so it won't be fun. It will not be fun. It will be information. <laughs> no, no, but it's, you know, it's, uh yeah, like it's very, um it's interview based and it's like digging into like real issues. And so like it's, it's more of a story and it's more of a like... There, there's some there's something to it mm. other than like stats and like you know who played well kind of stuff interesting uh, and so I was like yeah like that's really cool like I can definitely like I can get into that I can understand that but I because I'm doing that now I'm trying to also start to like understand the like pop side of sports yeah you know because I feel like that'll enrich my enjoyment yeah. as the producer of this show about the deep side of sports I'll be curious to see if you if you do gravitate that way because like um my husband's a big Packers fan and I will I don't really like watching football but like I'll sit down and watch a a Packers game with them or I've I've been to like Cubs games and stuff um and as my dad used to say uh watching baseball on tv is like watching a screensaver um (laughs) it is so boring (laughs) but (laughs) but when you like I've I can watch it and enjoy it and kind of follow it and and I'll watch the Super Bowl and not be like totally glazed over. But sure. I, I've never like gotten into it in a way that I just sit down and like watch it for, right. for fun for myself. Yeah, that's it. It's it's there's like levels of investment, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like I've gone to Super Bowl parties and been like, oh, this is so much fun. But yeah. I never know who to root for. I'm never like I'm never invested on that level, you know. I went to a Super Bowl party here in Montreal, and I was it was the saddest thing I've ever seen because nobody was watching the game. There was a knitting circle happening in the back, <laughs> and like the two Americans were like invested in it, and then everybody else is just like, so who's doing what now? <laughs> That is so much like, yeah, like there's usually like a large percentage of people at the Super Bowl party who are just like, can you explain football to me? Right. I'm glad I'm not one of them anymore. I finally get it. I think I finally understand the rules to all sports well enough to watch them without asking questions, uh, except occasionally who's playing right now and is that guy dead? I was watching a hockey game the other night and a guy... Uh, I think one of the Canadians players uh, got like a puck to the face uh, and he like fell on the ground like on his stomach and all the people rushed to him to make sure he was okay and he was able to like lift his head up but then like the medics were like do not move any more than this and like got him on a stretcher and like pulled him out and I don't know what happened to that guy maybe he's dead maybe he's alive I think if he was dead I'd have heard about it (laughs) but like they don't want you to know about yeah. that. <laughs> they just bury it, and that's in the seedy underbelly of sports, and you can find out more about that on the scrub. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, I was watching that, and I was like, okay, is this guy dead? Like, what do they do? What? That's a question that I had for yeah, them, right? Yeah. I was like, okay, what happens if someone dies during a <laughs> hockey game? Like, do they keep playing? Like, has that ever happened? Maybe, probably, right? I, uh, I used to date this guy in college, and uh, he was... He was from the Ukraine, growing up in like Soviet Russia, and uh, I took him to a Sox game. And I don't know all the things about baseball, but I know basically how baseball works. Right. And he kept asking me questions about like baseball. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, so, uh, you know, why don't they just hit him with a bat? And I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure you can't do that. Yeah, that's not the goal. (laughs) (laughs) Then he can't get to the base. And I could just see everybody in the row behind us just being like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> that's wonderful. Oh, that's so much fun. I like the idea of a person like just looking at the baseball game happening and being like, okay, I'm going to make up my own rules to this. <laughs> baseball is one of those ones that's like, if you don't know it, it is so boring. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you kind of have to be into the stats, I think. Yeah. I think if you like that end of it, uh, and I have friends who definitely do, mm. like, 
and I think that can be exciting. Yeah, I, I think I think baseball and football are both like that, where like you need to like be actually kind of really into it to enjoy casually watching it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't really casually watch it. Whereas I feel like soccer and hockey, like they're fast enough that you can just sort of be like, oh, that's moving there, and now it's there, and now it's there. You think soccer is fast? It can't. Well, okay, nothing ever <laughs> fucking happens in soccer. <laughs> But I like watching going. soccer, <laughs> but yeah, it is. I would not describe it as fast paced. I think it's. I mean, it's it's less stop and go than like mm-hmm. than than football or baseball. It's like a a slow stream. Yeah, constantly rushing forward. Yeah, I mean, I think the only good sport is tennis, and I'm going to go on record as saying <laughs> that. I'm a big fan of tennis. Wow. I played a lot of tennis in high school. I think tennis is like the most fun to watch because they like yell while they're playing and like you know you can switch it up and do doubles and like there's a real you know every player has this like rich story to them like <laughs> that that you get a bit of from the commentary because the commentary has nothing to talk about most of the game because it's a lot of rallying back and forth right. and so they're like yeah this guy's wife is cheating on him and uh, this guy <laughs> just bought a boat which one of them will win this sport game <laughs> my friend says that watching golf on Sundays is uh, fun because the announcers run out of things to talk about <laughs> oh man I, I don't that have might the... be my new dream job <laughs> I don't think I have the patience to to sit through it but I, I don't doubt him so I, so I recently have become a Star Wars fan. Okay. Which, because of the new movies, I got like way into it. But like, it's not my my background. I was a, a Star Trek kid. I didn't mm-hmm. see the original Star Wars movie until I was about sixteen. Okay. Uh, so I don't. I appreciate it as like a Star Trek fan that kind of fanaticism. Um, but I just I don't have that connection. To those new uh, the movies, but the right. new movies I liked like a real lot. And so then I started listening to the audiobooks, and then I, I did this real deep deep dive and um star wars fans are like the worst oh really (laughs) like star trek fans are bad but they're kind of like they enjoy being pedantic right they there's been so many iterations that you're not too precious about anything Mm -hmm. like as long as like the ideology like the the prime directive and those things are there you know like people will sit around and go phaser mark ii was not invented until but it's kind of fun right but star wars people are like you messed with my hero and my structure (laughs) and my childhood and how i believed this was supposed to be and now i hate all of you (laughs) yeah that's like that's been the roughest thing with this like new trilogy because i i grew up with like you know, I I was born after the original trilogy, mm-hmm. uh, but like before the second one, right? So there was this <laughs> like period where I, I think when I was like six, the first uh, like episode one came out, okay. or something to that effect. That's well, kind of perfect. Yeah, like it was it was very you know I was the right age for those, but as a result, like I actually like kind of like the prequel trilogy. Yeah. Like they're not. I don't think they're good, but I kind of <laughs> like them. You know. Yeah. Uh, and so for me, like I was in that first generation of people who were being blamed for ruining childhoods <laughs> from people like 10, 15 years older than me. Uh, and now seeing this newest generation, I'm like, guys, no, just just their movies. Right. <laughs> Enjoy them. Enjoy these <laughs> gifts we're being given by right. people who spend a lot of money to make a fun thing. Right. You can't like reshape your past. Yeah. Into, like the future. <laughs> I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen episode eight yet, but I, I hear, loved it. Yeah, I hear it's like Everyone either loves it or hates it. Yeah. And the only people who hate it are the people who are really, like, sad about it not being exactly what they wanted. And so I, I think probably I'll like it a lot because I have no expectations. Yeah, I, I was listening to a podcast uh, where they were discussing it. And I just noticed every time somebody was about to get angry, uh, the words I expected right. came out of their mouth. And, um, you know, like, they expected certain questions to be answered and they expected them to be answered a certain way. And if you can't let go of those things, like, it's it's so hard to readjust. Yeah, well, that's it. And and I think that that, that is a thing that, like, I that people do that I don't understand why they do the thing <laughs> is like hold on really violently to expectations when yeah. it comes to media. Cause, yeah. cause so such a big thing about enjoying things is like being caught off guard, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you went to see a star Wars movie and it was exactly what you expected a star Wars movie to be, you'd be disappointed. But they're like mad that the force awakens was too much of a rehash. Yeah. So they can't win either way. Exactly. I mean, maybe maybe the ninth movie will be exactly what they want in that it'll be just predictable enough right. while still throwing them for a curve. But 
Yeah, like I, I was talking about this like as a, a designer when you have clients who come in uh, and have a certain, sometimes they'll tell you like this is, I want something in this vein, this is the, the purpose of it, uh, but I want to see what you come up with. Mm-hmm. And uh, occasionally what they actually mean is I have a thing in my head that's exactly what I want, but I'm not going to tell you what that is because I think I want you to to come up with what you're going to come up with. But I do not want you to do that. I want you to come up with my thing. Uh, And so on revision seven, they give you a napkin with a thing that's exactly the thing that they want on it. And um, like it's so hard to get somebody to let go of an idea. Mm -hmm. And especially if you're doing like company naming things, a lot of times what will happen is they have like a prototype name that they've been working with and then they realize there's no domain for it. Right. Uh, So they need to rename the the company. But like a name is like a song. Like Mm -hmm. you hear it, you use it, it develops a a meaning and Mm -hmm. a personality as it gets used. Yeah. So getting somebody to let go of their child and like, I'm sorry, your kid can't be named Brian. So um, <laughs> you're going to have to come up with something else. Uh, Kevin is a nice option. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can even do Brian with a Y. That one's not taken yet. Right. <laughs> and it, just whatever you offer up is never going to be as good as the thing that they are oh, attached to. Wow. Yeah, that's that's legit. Yeah. I, I've had that a couple times recently. Because the thing that happened with the scrum was that, um, you know, Julian proposed it as a name for the show and we were like oh that's so perfect because a scrum is like the media you know it's a thing where people get surrounded by reporters mm-hmm. and they're like oh that's great like it's a, you know it's a media criticism show we can we can work with that um didn't think to check if that show existed already <laughs> uh there's definitely already a podcast called the scrum but we'd like recorded and branded and everything before <laughs> noticing that right. and so we're like uh this show is now the scrum podcast <laughs> instead because there was no show called the scrum podcast um but now that's just a thing that we have to live with you know uh and i've had that happen so many times with things that i've worked on where i've been like oh i've got this great idea for a title for this project it's perfect it's exactly the right (laughs) title and i look it up and it's like oh darn i wrote this musical (laughs) a few years ago called that i was gonna call a leap of faith Mm -hmm. because you know in musicals people do leaps and stuff and it was this musical about a guy who like quits a ministry job and becomes a performer oh it's a great title yeah yeah, it's perfect right turns out that's definitely already a musical (laughs) i think fucking um uh, steve martin was in a version (laughs) of it or something and i was like oh okay fine and i dropped that project because i was so (laughs) discouraged that i didn't feel like working on it anymore because the title i had was was not good yeah you really just have to have like a little viking funeral for your ideas like where you write it down on a piece of paper you send out the little boat and you set it on fire and you just like goodbye idea i need to start over yeah exactly sometimes you have to kill your darlings you do i'm julian mckenzie co-host of the scrum podcast a sports show i'm doing with my podcasting partner in crime tristan damore on the up forward network Every week, we analyze something different from the Canadian sports media landscape. Lack of diversity, getting a job in the field, coverage of different sports, and answering some of the harder questions. Through a combination of back-and-forth discussion and high-profile guest interviews, we're aiming to figure out exactly what's up in the world of sports. Find us wherever podcasts are sold. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Message in a Bottle, Morse Code, Telegram, Singing Telegram, Target, Walgreens, Bird's Nest, Dad's Shed, uh, and a crowded convention center bathroom. Uh, This question comes from Facebook. Guys, did you know that in addition to sending us questions over Patreon, you can also send them to us on all of our social medias? Uh, Because you can do that. The only only difference is we uh, aren't definitely going to answer them, whereas with Patreon, we will definitely answer them. Yeah, I mean, if you can find me on the street... You could just whisper them in my ear and I I will add them. Yeah. (laughs) If you find me on the street and go to the trouble of whispering it in my ear, I will probably, I will probably make sure that we answer it on the show. I will probably scream and run away. But if I, if I get that answer before uh, running in terror, I will definitely put it on the show. (laughs) So this question comes from uh, a guy who found us on Facebook and whispered into our ears before we ran away. Uh, His name is Eric Jean. Oler? Ole? Let's go with Ole. Uh, <clears throat> he asks, how do you feel now that we can all see that due to the various forces and wills of the universe, your 150th episode happens to fall just outside of the year of Canada's 150th anniversary as a relatively independent state? Or are you more just happy that your 151st episode happens to fall in the year of the 151st year? 
Well, that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so last year, uh, 2017 was, uh, Canada's 150th anniversary. Uh, our 150th episode initially actually was going to come out that year and it was recorded that year. Uh, was it? No, that's not true. It was going to be recorded that year. Uh, and then I had a guest that I had to cancel on, which pushed us to that being the first episode of 2018. Mm. Uh, so I feel kind of disappointed because it was very close. Yeah. Um, but thank you for pointing out that episode 151 is in the 151st year because that's exciting and a thing that will never happen to us again. Did you know uh, that that was a thing? I had no idea. Right. So you're only upset now, now yeah, I'm only, that I, he's pointed it out. I saw this comment maybe a week ago. Right. Um, because he tried to sneak it in there for a 150th episode. And I said, no, I'm sad. I'm going to put this in the next one instead. Because um, I'm petty. Um, I saw that and got sad. Right. Um, but, you know, it's fine. I did not know that Canada was 150 years old last year. I, I didn't either, because there's all the, the Montreal 300. Is it 300? 375. 375. That's the thing. Like Montreal was part of uh, not Canada for such a long time before Canada established itself. That like, meh. That's true. Uh, it, it has a weird and rich history. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I just So it just totally went over my head. And then, yeah. yeah. Well, we got those, those bridge lights. Ugh. I'm a big fan of the bridge lights. I like the bridge lights. I, I like them. I'm frustrated by them at the same time. Why are you frustrated by them? Because that money could have been spent better. Well, I mean, I think it's like Chicago does stuff like that all the time. Like they don't need a bean. Uh, strong <laughs> disagree. The thing is a bean you have to buy once. Lights like use electricity afterward and those bulbs can burn out. And then if those bulbs burn out, you got to replace them or just get rid of them. A like, bean just sits there being a bean forever. They got to polish that bean. Sure. There is upkeep on the bean. Oh, I mean. <laughs> there are lights that light up the bean. <laughs> are there? Yeah. Okay. I've never, I've never seen the Chicago bean in person. It's not just like a dark hole at night. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. No, I guess that makes sense. Um, I think they're like low energy LEDs anyway. Okay. Um, on the, but uh, there was a whole explanation. What they what they should do is explain what the bridge lights do because I read that they're like connected to social media and weather patterns, and they're supposed to um, like uh, do some sort of data uh, representation of the mood of the city. So they oh. change with the season and the patterns based on. Uh, like certain keywords that come up through uh, online and and uh, yeah, like huh. if it's really hot or cold. Uh, but I've seen no information based on what the lights. It's just like green for a month. <laughs> okay, right. I think that maybe changes how I feel about them. I think maybe I like them. Yeah, and the now initial that I know that. show they did with the fireworks and stuff mm -hmm. was awesome. Yeah. Okay. I fine. <laughs> I think I will stand on record and say that if we had just gotten a giant bean for Montreal instead, I would have been a lot happier. But I think I can get behind it now that I know that there's like an actual like, it's not just lights. That could be bullshit. They might just be lights. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to choose to believe that they're not just lights because <laughs> now I want to be hopeful. Yeah. 2018 is a year that we have decided is going to be 2018. <laughs> and maybe we need to be more hopeful about the way that our city spends its money. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, it must be a, a more uh, hopeful year. I, I have an update on my my horrible rant about oh. my my filling falling out yes. on New Year's. Uh, I'm getting a root canal. Hey, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that's that's a hopeful thing. Yeah, so that's Friday. Got that to look forward to. <laughs> so next week you'll update us and tell us whether or not your root canal was a success. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, th hey, that's good though. It's progress. Yeah, it's progress. <laughs> We've got um, man, progress. I so I'm frustrated. Uh, we are launching a network, right? That's mm -hmm. a, that's a thing that we've kind of hinted at for a little while that we've been talking about internally since like August. Uh, it's finally happened. Slash is happening. Uh, this week. Uh, I really wanted to have it done by the time that we were recording. Uh, <laughs> mostly the only thing that really needs to be done is like launching the website. Mm -hmm. But there's like a handful of things left to do on the website that just, you know, aren't finished. Right. That will take like a couple hours, but are waiting on a couple of files. And, you know, so for all intents and purposes, welcome to the Upford Network. Um, <laughs> uh, a, a brand new podcasting network that houses uh, this show, 
the Scrum Podcast and topics of high importance. Nice. Uh, oh, Kate joined in. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I, uh, I messaged Kate and Paul and uh, was like, do you guys want to do this? And they were like, here's a bunch of questions. And then those questions led to the answer yes. So Awesome. Yeah. So there will be some like ads for other shows just to do some cross promotion. Welcome to the family again, Kate. Yeah. Kate now has the most podcasts on this network. <laughs> unless you count Julian. <laughs> Which I kind of count Julian, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He's been on this show enough times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. he counts. Yeah. Like no, a half. So, yeah. So, so that'll be fun. Um, we're sort of, you know, it, mo- that will not really change anything for the listeners, except that the listeners will hear ads for shows cross-promoting each other. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that that will change a lot for the shows themselves, because, you know, cross-promotion leads to bigger audiences, mm-hmm. which leads to, you know, ads and funding and... You know, all the good things, all the good things. Yeah, all the good things. That's so, exciting. Yeah. So that is exciting. And I was so frustrated this morning when I woke up and realized that the website wasn't ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> I messaged Simon. I was like, Simon, we need to spend some time working on this this morning. Uh, so we did that. And it was, you know, it's there. It's getting there. Nice. Um, yeah. So hopefully by the end of this week, that'll be launched. We'll we'll blast it all over the social medias. But Sweet. Yeah. It feels like a still an appropriate time to mention that the network does exist. And that, <laughs> you know, it's no, official it's, and real. You know, a lot of people like to open with a big fanfare, like a, having everything polished, a big announcement, <laughs> a, a, a launch, some synergy. But I like that you're just going at it just like, yeah, I got a thing. Yeah. It'll be a long soonish yeah well you know all the important parts are in place we just don't have the website finished yet yeah it's you know it's it's good enough we're there (laughs) you gotta you know i i think that uh, starting with a bang is overrated you just start with a little whimper yeah and you grow from there and then you bang like halfway through the week later and everyone's like oh what was that (laughs) little aftershock catch them off guard yeah lull them into a sense of false security it's like when an earthquake happens and it's like a low enough level one that people don't notice it and Mm. then like the next day a building falls down and it's like oh crap that low level earthquake broke a very important structural beam in that building whoopsie doops and that is the up for discussion network (laughs) that's our guarantee to you (laughs) (laughs) oh no That's you won't see us coming, but we'll destroy everything. <laughs> we will break one building in your town. That's a guarantee. <laughs> oh, but no, I mean, it feels pretty good to have 151 episodes. That's amazing. Yeah. Like that's, you know. I've been on not many of them. But... I think I think you guys signed on around 120. Yeah, that sounds about right. So you've been here for half a year, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. Wow. Big plans. Big plans. Yeah, big things coming too, which is exciting. Yeah, and, you know, I know that I hear little little birdies, little, little bits of development. There's there's little birds flapping around. <laughs> so yeah. many little birds. <laughs> just just <laughs> the fucking studio is just full of birds. Little it's, little asshole birds. <laughs> God, they won't stop pecking. I know. Biting walnuts. I mean, they they might be bees. Oh fuck. <laughs> Ew, I just thought about what a bee with a bird beak would be like. Oh. Now I don't want to live on this planet anymore. No. That's got to exist, right? Like in Australia or, you know, beaked Chicago. <laughs> yes. Home of the beaked bee. The Chicago bee. <laughs> it's just a large bee. Eating a hot dog. <laughs> that would be a Chicago bee. Oh, God. Now I want a hot dog. Yeah, hot Shit. dogs are good. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Do you have, like... Do you have any final thoughts on being on a show that's been around this freaking long? <laughs> I mean, my advice to everyone out there that, that wants to do something like this is to um, find a bunch of people who've been doing all the work, um, really put the year's <laughs> worth of effort into it, um, just build on that foundation of hundreds of episodes that they've done before you arrived, and then just jump on that bandwagon. And um, really take in the glory that others have have set up for you, because it's a lot easier than than trying to start your own thing yeah. or um, you know putting that kind of work and uh, creativity and energy into you know something of your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like why would you you know buy some space and open up a restaurant when you could get a job at McDonald's, work mm-hmm. your way up mm-hmm. and become like a team leader or a franchise manager or whatever within your first couple of years. It's the dream. It's the dream. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pre-existing structure. 
you know, really just um, benefit off the back of others. Yeah. If I had any advice, that that would be it. I mean, that's what Canada did 150 years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, or, you know, yeah, that's, but for real, if you guys do want to start your own podcast. Don't. Don't. Wait till somebody else's, lots of people have podcasts. We don't need the competition. There's no. enough people out there already. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, find somebody else who's already got one going. Yeah. Piggyback off that. Become best friends with Ira Glass and take over his show. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a great idea. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a surefire way to get listeners. I mean, I he was in Chicago uh, at the same time I was there, and I, I wish I had done that. Uh, but he's hard to find. Hmm. Yeah. I it's, don't think it's, he goes out much. I, I also wouldn't know what his face looks like from... Oh, I, I know what he looks like. Yeah, fair enough. I could have found him. Uh but apparently he has this dog that keeps him at home all the time. Oh. <laughs> That's, are you, you really should replace him then, because don't you have also a dog that keeps you at home a lot? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we both have dogs that keep us locked into our homes. So Ira, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could have bonded. Yeah. Well, so okay. uh, Tom, as somebody who did put in the effort, mm. uh, any advice for the, the people out there? Um, do it. But also don't uh, well, well, do it well right out the gate, because I think a thing that we that we lacked when we started the show was uh, like direction and and a clear format. Mm. Um, And to be fair, we still kind of lack direction and a clear (laughs) format, but we've worked that into our format. I think that is the format. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, we have we have show notes now that kind of walk us through like what we do in what order. Right. And that's that's enough, honestly, in terms of like figuring out what you're going to do for each episode. When we started, each host would bring in something to talk about, maybe, Mm -hmm. uh, which eventually turned into like nobody would bring anything to talk about and we would just shoot the shit for an hour. Uh, and so we've kind of moved to a place between that where it's like, um, we, we all have stuff prepared theoretically for the Patreon topics, uh, or from the audience submitted questions Mm -hmm. and we work with that. Um, but we don't actually have to like generate the ideas ourselves beforehand because, you know, someone else is asking the questions. Right. Um, but you know, every time I'm talking to people who are, you know, starting new shows, like, you know, when I was sitting down with the, guys from the scrum or you know there's a another little project i'm working on that maybe you'll see in like a month uh it's best to sit down and kind of work out what you want the rough structure of your show to be be mm-hmm. like okay a two minute intro five minutes on this four minutes on this 12 minutes on this and like try to be really like you know stick to that but also be willing to kind of be flexible if you're on a good thread and you know, mm-hmm. knowing I'm- what your art is and knowing what you're like you know, music is like finding a uh, finding music to use for your show. We didn't do that till like episode one twenty. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, like getting a bunch of shit figured out before you launch makes you look a lot more professional, and then people will listen to you. Yeah, I I would counter that with the um, uh, perfect is the enemy of good, mm-hmm. and it oh oh never perfect, just just yeah. you know also not like three people sitting around like a shitty snowball microphone in the middle of the table. Right. But I I do think you have to start somewhere and to Mm -hmm. do something uh, is always better than to do nothing. Even if what you do is terrible. uh, I I don't think you would have the the wherewithal to know all of those things Mm -hmm. about how to create a structure and how to time things out and uh, without the experience of having, you know, made those failures and, Mm -hmm. and coming back around to, to make something with a little bit more direction, more idea of what you actually want. Yeah, absolutely. I, well, that's it. Like, I think, you know, do the best thing that you can with the resources, both like, you know, physical resources and like mental resources that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, don't, don't settle for less than the best that you can do. Yeah. But don't be a perfectionist also, like be willing to, you know, be, be willing to put out something that is not, you know, we, we can't all make this American life like our <laughs> no? show. <laughs> I mean, make it try yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> our show. Our show is really good audio quality, mm-hmm. but there's still problems. There's things that I don't know how to fix because I'm not an audio engineer. Right. I'm a decent editor, but you know, I'm, also, you know. I, I think it does depend on your uh, expectations of, mm-hmm. of what you're trying to achieve. And I think if you just wanted to start a podcast or a show and you just wanted to kind of dip your toe in that world and and make something 
I mean, do with what you've got yeah. and, and start from there. Um, and uh, I, I don't know that it has to be, you know, something that gets consumed by, it's not going to hit number one on the charts. That's oh. fine. If it's just you and your buddies and uh, your mom that listens and that's your audience, you know, start from there that's and, uh, you know, have that expectation of that's the quality and the, the level at which you're at. Yeah. Uh, but you're not going to get to that next level until you have that experience. That's it. Yeah. I, I think like a thing that I tell new people a lot of the time is like, figure out how much you can afford to put into like decent equipment mm-hmm. uh, and, and do that if you can, because like the reality is, you know, the mics that we use for this show are like a hundred bucks each, mm-hmm. but they sound really good. Yeah. Right. Like it's, at, you know, you can get like our, our full studio setup right now is probably about $2,000. Right. That's wild. You can do it for way cheaper. Mm-hmm. I've just been building up the studio over the years because that's important to me, but yeah. you can, you can do this for like 200, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's a lot to some people. That's a lot to me, actually. <laughs> I, I had to build this up over a very long period of time. Right. Um, but, you know, if you can find the the cash to do that, um, it does go a long way in terms of, like, listenability. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. Like, ultimately, the thing that matters is that you're making a thing that you like. Yeah. And, and mostly what I mean when I say, like, do the best that you can with it is, like, you kind of owe it to yourself to do the best that you can with it. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be perfect, but it should be like as good as you can make it because then you'll like it more when you listen back to it later. Yeah, totally. And I, I'm going to backtrack a little bit to something that you said that I think really uh, hits the nail on the head. And that's that I'm right. And, (laughs) and I'm right because I give really good advice. And if you want to donate $30, I can give you (laughs) this kind of encouragement and insight, uh, for your own personal life, I can get you started on a road to doing a podcast or, or losing weight or fixing your relationship. I am not qualified, but I am a, a good listener and I am very supportive. Yeah. And you guys can, can get Adrian's support on that at patreon.com slash up for discussion by pledging $30 a month. Um, and and also uh, consider consider us a resource if you are ever if you're like seriously considering starting a podcast and you're like i don't know where to start i mean this conversation was probably a little helpful for you but also feel free to hit me up on twitter uh, at tom's and i uh, i actually have a pinned tweet that is a sort of podcasting 101 thing that i typed up when uh, <laughs> when kate and paul asked me for advice about how to start a podcast <laughs> yeah. um that i have sent to a lot of people since then and heard is helpful um it's a little harsh about production quality but that's because i was in a bad mood that morning um <laughs> but yeah i mean, always feel like you can ask people who make things you like how they make the thing you like yeah because the thing is like anyone who makes something often that they that that you appreciate they probably also like what they do yeah they're probably excited to talk about it yeah like i, I never you know if i know a band that i like I mean, if they're easy to reach, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they'd be happy to talk about the music they make, you know? Right. Uh, when I message uh, my former roommate, Sam, from Crackers and Jam, and I'm like, hey, like, how is band stuff going? Because I'm genuinely curious. He's so excited to tell me about it because mm-hmm. it's, you know, the thing he's passionate about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so always feel like you can, you know, I, I mean, don't message Ira Glass. <laughs> he probably doesn't have time for your shit. I have so much time for your shit. <laughs> Hit me up. You got to aim lower. <laughs> yeah. And shoot for those middle stars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you aim for the stars, you might land on Mars. That's what I always say. <laughs> and that's a red dwarf. And so am I sometimes. Oh, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. You got to make a little uh, compendium of your, your sayings. <laughs> They're all really good and coherent. <laughs> They're great. I'm actually writing a book. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, should we wrap this shit up? Let's wrap Let's it up. Let's wrap it up. This was fun. I like doing two-handers. I do too. It's, I was excited <clears throat> for this. All right. Well, uh, I would personally, this mm. comes uh, deep, deep, deep from my heart. Open uh, up to them. I, I really will. Um, I, I do want to give a special thanks to Crackers and Jam for letting us use their title track off their EP, Benson. Uh, that's our theme music. Every... Well, for, for a very long time, I would listen to it. I thought the words were messenger. But, <laughs> <laughs> and 
despite the fact that every week we read this and it very clearly says it's the title of the the, <laughs> the album is Benson. So it, it is Benson. <laughs> um, that's so good. But I, I, that so really uh, has grown uh, with me for, for a while, just like hearing that snippet of it over mm. and over again. And it's just delightful and it adds a lot to the show. So. I love it. Uh, if you want to go to crackersandjam.bandcamp.com, uh, you can find more of their music. Yeah. They're actually also playing a show in Montreal uh, next weekend, I think, on the 27th of January, if mm. memory serves. Uh, yeah. Conveniently, it was the first thing in my newsfeed when I opened my Facebook app. Uh, <laughs> so if you're interested in that, they're playing a show uh, at uh, Pity Campus on the 27th uh, in Montreal. And you guys should go and give them some up for discussion love. Um, you can also rate and review the show on iTunes and Stitcher. I can't emphasize how important that is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> launching launching the Scrum this week, um, we like got a bunch of people to leave reviews early, uh, which is a thing I wish we had known about when we <laughs> started this podcast. Because uh, spoilers, it helps <laughs> to get a lot of reviews really early on. Yeah. Uh, but it is still really helpful to get them 151 episodes in. So uh, if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, go through the ridiculously complicated process of leaving us a review, uh, screen cap it and send it to me and we'll give you a shout out on the show as a thank you. Totally. Uh-huh. Uh, and maybe you want to uh, share this episode yeah. uh, on the Facebooks or the Instagrams or the, the Twitters, whatever your uh, area of, of uh, choice. Tumblr. And uh, share it with a, a friend who could use a little life coaching. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, you could also share it with a friend who uh, you think would be your best friend if your dog died. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> TV? <laughs> I think that was TV. Share, share this episode with TV's Kelsey Grammer. You know, just tweet it at Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> share this episode with Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> and you can follow us on Twitter at Down With Talking, and you can follow each of us individually. I'm at Tom's Alatni. At Boxless Thoughts. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. See ya! Yes, come to see you. Who I say now, Benson Joe.